Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game, 1037 Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. All right, I tried to do my best and I think I did a pretty good job of not focusing, not getting caught up in the angst of the MLB lockout. I I I try I didn't re- I never really when it got a little closer, I started kind of looking at the issues. I just tried to stay away from it. I didn't want to get all upset. I had a rough Saint season. Um, still kind of trying to get back into it after the Astros lost the World Series. So I, 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 I kind of stayed away from it. It kind of it still irked me. All the what I call now the bust, Buster Olneys of the world, who are oh we're not gonna play and you know who knows when they're ever gonna play and everything's just so negative. You, you're going back to the pandemic and, and Buster Olney, um, you know, saying that the chances of of Major League Baseball having a season that year were were less than nil and all this silliness. All that negativity. So I now I just I just call them Buster Olney. You know, all the people, oh, we're never gonna play and baseball's terrible and the owners are terrible and the owners are a pain. I, I'm not Rob Manford's I mean, is there are very few faces that need to be like the bullseye of a of a dartboard any more than Rob Manford. I get that. But so I just tried to just stay away, not get too caught up in all the frustration and just figuring they're going to work it out. You know, glass half full. Just if they miss a few weeks, then they miss a few weeks. It's not the end of the world. Um, now, you know, if, if, it, if, it, if they'd have started missing months, like two months and that kind of, you know, would be bad. The truth of the matter is, Many times in my life, many times, um, like almost every time, every year growing up, I, um, the Major League Baseball season started around the 4th or the 5th, the 6th, the 7th, right around whatever that, you know, they, it used to start on like a Monday or a Tuesday, and then they went to this weekend, start on a Thursday or a Friday, but for... For for most of my life, for a lot of my life, that that Monday night, that first Monday night game, I mean that first that season opening game was on a Monday or a Tuesday, and a lot of times it was the Monday of the national championship basketball game, final the, at the end of Final Four weekend. Um, so it's starting about when it's ever started. They just lately. They've, they've started this thing of starting in late March because we're in an era of trying to give guys more days off, which is fine. Um, and so, really, it's starting about when it's always has. It always did anyway. So, it's um, 
I don't know. I haven't observed like a new schedule or anything. I don't know how many double headers they're going to have to play to make all this happen, but I'm sure they'll they'll figure it all out. Uh, the expanded playoff kind of makes sense. It's kind of the it's like a takeoff of the the way that the NFL was for years and years and years. You had six teams, and you you know the first two get buys and the other ones play and you know um i'm pretty sure i saw no reseeding now that is different if i if i saw that correctly that is different than the nfl what the nfl did for years because in the what that means is the highest remaining seed plays the lowest remaining seed but if if I read that right, that there's no reseeding, that means if you, it's kind of like the NCAA basketball tournament. If you as an eight and nine team beat the number one seed, then you in effect become the number one seed. Like you 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 then take on the bracket that the number one seed has. And if so. In other words, it's 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 more of a I'm not gonna say predetermined because you got to earn your way to the playoff. But the bracket doesn't change based if if there's an upset. In other words, it stays the same. So you kind of know if I win, if I beat this team, I'm playing. You know, there is no fluctuation. You're not gonna flip to the other bracket. And in the NFL for years, that's the way it was. The lowest remaining seed would play. Um the highest remaining seed would play the lowest remaining seed depending on who won. So that's interesting. And, you know, that's all something we'll worry about a long time from now. The bottom line is that there's going to be baseball. Baseball's supposed to start in April anyway. I, I never really liked all this starting at the end of March stuff. Baseball started in April my whole life. So until recently. So, I, I again, you know. You could argue this is even better anyway. Um, especially for those of us who do fantasy baseball, it's like, well, wait a minute. You know, we all been telling us, all the Buster Olneys have been telling we're not playing until May or June. And so now it's already, what is today? the date today? March the 11th? It's already more. We're already sniffing the middle of March. When we're going to. And to complicate it even more, we don't even know who's on whose team. By the way, I'm going to start it now. You know, we haven't really talked any Major League Baseball because of the lockout. And again, I was I'm trying to just kind of I was trying to stay away from that. I don't need any more heartache and frustration and angst. I've just tried to kind of stay out and we haven't talked about it a whole lot. I've heard belly aching and all that stuff. But, and I just kind of trusted that it would all work out not being Buster only. And, um, and, and, and it did. But I am worried about the Rangers. I'm just, I'm just telling y'all that now. You're going to hear that a lot. I know, um, our good friend Bobby calls me Traka because I, I, um, I worry too much. But I'm just telling y'all right now, I am worried about the Rangers. 
I don't like uh, they are getting aggressive. They may we didn't we didn't I don't know that we talked about it at all. Maybe in passing once or twice before the lockout, they made they signed some good players. You say, oh, they overpaid. Well, you know, if they're overpaid, that's not going to matter if they're beating us. Like if they're beating the Astros, if an overpaid player gets a two-run double in the ninth to win the game, it doesn't matter that he's overpaid. He still wins. His team still wins the game. So I'm not worried about their payroll. Yeah, they overpaid, but they still got him. You know, it's not even fair, really, because Kyle Seeger, his brother, owned the Astros forever. Now, the Astros own his team. Don't get me wrong. I, you know. During the Kyle Seeger career in Seattle, the Astros owned the Mariners. But the Astros had a lot of trouble getting Kyle Seeger out. He got a lot of big hits against the Astros over the last decade. So Kyle Seeger finally retires and leaves. So what happens? They trade his brother, Corey Seeger, to the Rangers back in the... It's like, cannot get away from the Seegers. And let me let, just think, the Astros can't get the Seegers out. Not, you know, they Corey Seager's, I, I hate when that guy comes to the plate. And now he's going to be coming to the plate against Astros a whole lot more than ever because he's going to be in the Astros division. The, the, the Astros had some, the, the Rangers were kind of more of a pain. I kind of liked our full-fledged ownership of the Rangers for about four, year, four or five years. Um, and last year was a little more difficult. They had quite, they... They had, what, two walk-off wins by this cat that the Cardinals just gave to him. Thank you, stupid St. Louis Cardinals. Can you just keep your ineptness in the NL, Cardinals? Like, stop misevaluating players and sending them to my division. But, um, but no, that guy killed the Astros last year. A couple game winners. One of them I unfortunately heard in Raymond's driveway after dropping him off from, I don't remember what road trip it was, and and dropping him off. And right, right before I was about to leave his driveway, boom, he hits a home run to win. Garcia. Sickening. But no, I, I'm... I'm, I'm I like the Rangers being completely inept. That was fun. Uh, it's fun crushing the Rangers' face, but um, I don't. I'm, I'm just telling y'all now. My daughter Riley's not gonna be happy with me because she hates the Rangers more than I do. And I'm gonna keep saying I'm worried about the Rangers, and she's gonna get mad. So I'm, we're, we're gonna we're just gonna prepare ourselves for that. But but no, I'm I'm worried about the Rangers. I'm just telling y'all that now. Now that baseball season is officially started on this show. Uh, I am officially worried about the Rangers. Now, what I hope, I, at the beginning of the football season, I was worried about the Arnolds, and I was dead wrong. Still worried about the Arnolds getting Deshaun Watson, by the way. I love, sometimes I love being dead wrong. And being worried about the Arnolds, I, I was very glad to be dead wrong. Well, I hope I'm dead wrong in my fear of the Rangers. But, ugh. Think about how much, I mean, when the Rangers were really good and the Astros were struggling before, you know, right before in the before they got like Springer and then the first year or two of Springer, 
The Rangers just owned the Astros. Could not, we could not beat them. That feels really good. And so now for the last, I don't know, four, five, six years, all the years run together for me, the Astros have flipped the script. They own the Rangers, and that's fun. I'm, I, I'm, I'm worried now that we're about to enter an, an era starting this year in this whole Astros versus Ranger thing where it's going to be a little more competitive. It's not going to be, you know, for, again, for, ye- for I don't know, pretty good amount of years, four or five years, the, the Rangers just completely own the Astros, and then the Astros completely own the Rangers. So I'm worried now that there's not going to be ownership there. I was hoping to maintain ownership, but we'll see how that plays out. I'm just telling you, in case y'all didn't hear, get the message, I'm worried about the Rangers. I don't know. I'm not saying I'm going to pick them to make the playoffs. I'm just saying they're not going to be this All-American W like they've been for a while. And um, I guess it helps the rivalry. But uh, I don't. I, I, and, and and look, if the A's get rid of all their players, which I don't sounds like, if you believe all these reports, they're just trading Olsen, they're trading Chapman, they're trading all their pit Manai, all these pitchers. I mean. I don't know why all of a sudden the A's are giving up. But anyway, if the A's trade all their good players away, then um, it might work out okay in the long run. But the Mariners, Hannah's Mariners, had some good promise last year. They showed some good promise, so it could be an interesting year. I'm just trying to think baseball for the first time because really I haven't thought about baseball since the World, Game 7 of the World Series. Oh, no, we didn't, we didn't even get to Game 7. Since the World Series, I have not thought about baseball. Really, I haven't. And I, I didn't want to think about their lockout. I didn't want to think about the Astros losing. I, you know, I don't want to think about – we've talked about Carlos Correa here and there, but really I haven't thought about baseball. So now it's, it's time. It'll start. All right, we'll take a timeout. I'm still trying to – get my mind straight here <sighs> NFL free agency is about to start baseball season and, and real Major League Baseball talk is about to start and we've got all this all this many things going on in college sports that we've been following for weeks now and spring football started yesterday <sighs> just please excuse me my mind's a little muddled right now We'll take a timeout. We'll be back with more on the other side on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Are you fluent in footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Benedict Arnold's. Benedict Arnold's. Now, an NFL expansion team that stole a bunch of Saints players and coaches when first created, also known as the Carolina Panthers. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. 
Also, you can watch a simulcast stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. If you would like to get in, talk about NFL free agency, talk about uh, MLB lockout, um, College basketball, SEC tournament, LSU plays today about the same time, it sounds like, against Arkansas. I I said I said earlier this week, I kind of agree with Raymond. I, I think LSU has a pretty good chance to win this game. Now, they're going to probably have to play a little better than they did yesterday, but I would think there would be a little more focus, a little bit of a revenge game. You know, I wonder how that's going to – some teams, like LSU's women, were in more of a power position. So for them to not take the SEC tournament seriously is not a problem. LSU's men are in good shape, but they're not in quite the power position the women were. And so they're probably going to take it a little more seriously. Plus, I'm sure they're pretty aggravated still especially by that second um, loss to Arkansas, the one in Fayetteville. That one, you know, the officials, uh, I didn't think they did a good job in that game. I actually saw the last, I don't know, 10 minutes of that game or so and and listened to some of it and, and on the way home. I forget where I was coming from. I just covered a game or something, and, and it was uh, that was questionable. So, I'm sure they they want a little revenge, and so we'll see how that plays out. Got baseball starting today, if you haven't heard. Um, Apparently, there's bad weather coming tonight, cold, rainy. And Cajun baseball moved up its series from 6 to 3. Cajun softball from 6 to 4. Um, LSU baseball, they, they, they they didn't want to fool around with it at all. They went all the way to noon. So that's a wow. I mean, they they're not, they're not taking any chances, and so kind of a kind of a little matinee action for the old school baseball fan. Many many years ago, back when college baseball was not a mainstream topic of discussion for a lot of um, fans, before sports sports talk radio. Um, there were they would play during the week a lot of afternoon games, UL baseball, and I'm sure LSU baseball did too. I, um, and you know it it was a it was normal. You just the the how many fans you could get and the, having to play at night was not as much of a priority or thought process, not as much of of something that you thought should happen back in the 80s, so, and I'm sure they did it in the 70s as well. Probably almost most of the time. But no, day game, especially in midweek games, um, were, were pretty normal. And so, you know, it'll be for, for the old school baseball fan, a weekday, I don't know, it's a Friday, so it's technically the weekend, but a weekday, game in the afternoon it's it's kind of nostalgic and so we'll see how all that plays out 
Um, Houston's a team that started out 0-3. So I think they've won 9 out of 10, if I'm doing my simple math correctly. Um, and so they are, you know, they're they're a red-hot team. Um, you know, they haven't beaten any great teams. Uh, Rice, pretty good program. They beat Rice in that stretch. They've played mostly like like Louisiana, like the Cajun does, you know, and LSU and all these teams do. Texas is a, is a huge state with a lot of good baseball teams. No reason to travel a long way. So they've played uh, a lot of teams from the state of Texas in Cornet Word and all those kind of teams. And Incarnate Word beat them once out of three, if I remember correctly, looking at their schedule yesterday. But, again, since an 0-3 start, they've played very well. Uh, they don't when, – when I look at a team, I look at the power. How, how much power do they have? Well, first, how many runs do they score? Then, second, how much power do they have? And, three, how much do they run? And um, they don't run nearly as much as the Cajuns, but they run more than some of the Cajuns' opponents this year. And it got a little pop. I wouldn't say major power hitting. Um, it can be difficult to determine statistics if you don't know a team and you're not following them. For instance, they have a player who's got really good numbers. He's got like five homers and 17 at best. I don't know if he got hurt. Or he was hurt early, and you know why he's not among their regulars because he doesn't have a lot of at bats. But man, he's got a lot of numbers for a few at bats. But anyway, um, that should be a good series, and then we'll see how the softball team does. You know, Georgia State is not considered to be a um, you know upper echelon, upper division Sun Belt team, and so the Cajuns have done a good job this season of handling teams are supposed to handle. We'll see if they can continue to do that. But again, um, it will be all day games um, in these weekend series. And Bethune-Cookman is a good program, not that different of like a Southern in a very good, in a good Southern year. You know, Southern can certainly beat you uh, when they're doing well. Bethune-Cookman has made it to regional finals. So they are... um, I'm sure they'll test LSU a little bit, but obviously, you know, not at, at that level. And, uh, for LSU, you know, we talk a lot about this time of the year, and Coach Rowe made it, you know, famous to say early in the season, and I guess this is still kind of sort of early, that um, that first month of the season, W stands for win and L stands for learn, and you learn about how to win and you learn about your team. And we're going to be talking – with that a little bit as we continue to try to learn about this Cajun baseball team with Craig Malonso. And there's a lot, there's still a lot of unanswered questions. I mean, what is this? Is this the fourth? I think it's the fourth weekend of the baseball season. So it's not, it's starting to get not real, real early anymore. We're starting to, to sniff, you know, conference plays next week. And so, um, this still seems like a lot of questions. There's still a lot of things we don't really know. Uh, and so we'll just be discussing that Cajun baseball in, in the next hour. Um, you know, in the middle of all of that with baseball starting and we're going to be talking some golf next week because the Louisiana Open's going on. We've got, um, I mean, we didn't even know in, in our midst. We had this um, this 
golfer, the walrus, and 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 we'll be telling you more about him later. Um, but um, all of a sudden, he, he's a golfer. He's playing in all these tournaments, and so we'll um, got so man. March is busy. It always is, and it just seems extra busy this year. Really does. All right, we will take a time out. Come back. Talk Cajun baseball with Craig Melanson on the other side. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Which NFL MVP annoys Kevin Foote the most? Who is Aaron Rodgers? He's the most arrogant athlete I've ever seen. I think he's really, to his core, that arrogant. He really believes, why in the world are you even speaking to me? You are a lower form of human being. That kind of arrogance is what I'm talking about, and I think that's who Aaron Rodgers is. That is correct. Now, back to more footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Southwest Louisiana's Sports Sports Station. Station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Want to remind you about the Hangout Music Festival. It's scheduled for May the 20th through the 22nd in Gulf Shores, Alabama. And if you want to, if you would like to win VIP passes, all you need to do to get eligible to perhaps win those VIP passes is go to the Game Rewards Club, go to the website, join the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com, and you might win VIP passes to the Hangout Music Festival in Gulf Shores, Alabama, May the 20th through 22nd in Gulf Shores, Alabama. And I think we're going to put Hannah in charge and seeing how many people at that festival know who Sonny Jurgensen is. We decided we were going to try to do that yesterday. All right, we have with us Mr. Craig Malonson. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, thank you. It's Friday, so and we got baseball today. So, so what percentage, right, exactly, what percentage of the people that are going to be at the Hangout Music Festival think? do you think will know who Sonny Jurgensen is? Less than 5%. <laughs> that would be my guess, yes. That would that would definitely be my you think Shaq no we were to, you think Shaq knows who Sonny Jurgensen is? You know, I heard y'all talking about that last week or, or earlier in the week, and I, yeah. I would have to believe he would. I would think, but I don't knows? know. Maybe, maybe we'll get it confirmed one day. All right, there are several people in the Cadiana area that know Shaq, so maybe they'll ask him one day. But all right, so um, we've been talking about trying to figure out, especially the pitching side of things for the Cajun baseball team. They announced the projected starters for this weekend, and so I guess we could say, especially from what we thought could be the case going back to late January, early February, more confusion. Tommy Ray, not a confusion. I I think a lot of us thought Tommy Ray was going to be one of the main guys, you know, to maybe be a weekend starter, and he's scheduled to start 
this afternoon. Game two starter, though, Bo Bonds. A lot of us were thinking he was more of a back-end, a closer type or a setup type guy, and he's he's played that role some this year, and now he's getting a start. And then Jeff Wilson, who was most of us considered like a – like, you know, a set, like in the Major League Baseball terms, a seven-inning pitcher, an eighth-inning pitcher. He's been starting pretty much all season and been pretty consistent. So uh, are you starting to figure this out, or are you as confused as me? Oh, I don't think anybody can f- figure out Coach Steggs when it comes to <laughs> pitching on the staff. Uh, Bo Bonds is a guy that will be interesting to see because it's been one of those things after three innings, the fourth inning is kind of hit or miss. So – uh, now, uh, if, if if we're talking about pitching, it's much different going from a, as you know, from a reliever to a starter. Well, it's also different in your your approach starting at the beginning of the week. You have a different ramp up system. You have different practice. So this may benefit him for a little longer pitching uh, stint there. Jeff Wilson has been a very pleasant surprise, in my opinion. Uh, like you said, you were you were if you could have got one or two innings out of uh, Jeff in the in the fifth or sixth or seventh or eighth inning, you'd have been happy. I, I think I think the way he's been pitching has been nice. So, I mean, I wonder because there's not not much more time to experiment here. Now, just because you know you, next weekend is the first conference weekend doesn't mean that your starting rotation the first conference weekend has to be that for the whole conference season. We understand that things can continue to change, but. Uh, and maybe the coaching staff, uh, Coach Deggs, Coach Thibodeau, have a better idea than we think they, from what we've seen as far as who the weekend rotation is going to be. But what what chances do you give that this is going to be the rotation for next weekend? Uh, I think that's really going to depend on how these guys perform. But let's go back to 2015. Chris Sharpenche was the Friday night guy. Uh, for that team, and we know how that turned out by the end of the season. I mean, they had a guy named Gunnar Leger and Wyatt Marks and Evan Guillory that stepped up. Did we have that guy there? Uh, I, I would Lafleur. I would. I'd like to see him uh, pitch, but I think he's been injured. So I, I don't know, Kevin. Uh, if if it's going to tell us much, hopefully this weekend does. I'm not. I'm not a fan of the weather this weekend. Uh, although it's not going to be as cold as Round Rock. What does how does this affect our pitching staff? So, uh, do they go longer or do they not go longer? Because if they're sitting on the bench longer, and all of a sudden get cold, so we don't want anybody injured at this point. Right, absolutely. Now, the truth of the matter is, Coach Deggs prepared us from the very first press conference we had before the the season opener that this was not going to be – I mean, he didn't say it in exact words, but he he hinted pretty strong. This was not going to be a year where you're going to have, you know, a bunch of guys go seven and eight innings on the mound to start as starters. Like, it it, 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 it was going to be a lot of four and five inning starts if you, if you do pretty well, and if you get more than five, then that's line up. So have you adjusted your thinking to that way of baseball in general, not just for college but for major leagues because it's kind of going that way? Uh, not really. I mean, it's still I hard mean, for, major, for me. Yeah. For college, yes. But for Major League Baseball, no. I mean, you're getting paid that kind of money. Go out and pitch. And, and you got to – I think managers are too quick sometimes to pull a starter and then they're, they, they leave a reliever in too long. 
sometimes. Right. I mean, there's a reason the guy goes one or one inning or, or, or four or five batters. You know, don't try to stretch him out so long. Get him, in, get him into that third inning or, or sometimes even that fourth inning. That, that bothers me a little bit. The guy's body has been practicing all week for a two- or three-inning stretch, and now all of a sudden you're trying to stretch him into four innings. I don't think that's healthy. All right, so on the offensive side of things, obviously Carson Rockford has been unbelievable. I think Connor Kemple has been really good since the season started. Everybody else is still kind of searching right now. Um, obviously, we none of us know how long more shock is going to be out. And when we spoke, when I spoke to Coach Deggs earlier, it didn't say he said it's a matter of weeks, not months. But still, that there's a lot of uncertainty there. Um, or, or do you have any better feel of how that's going to play out long term now that we've played about a month? No, I, well, I think the, the, the bright side is uh, a guy that, that struck out a lot last year and the year before, Julian Brock, has really come on, and I think that's a positive. And if you look at Tyler Robinson, he doesn't have an extra base hit this season. We know that's not going to continue, or at least we hope not. Uh Warner Rincones is a guy that hit over 300 in junior college ball and is very exciting if he can get on the base pass. But, you know, you can't bat 050 and expect to play every day. So um, I, we've got to have some guys step up. Uh, C.J. Willis has a, had a couple opportunities and then, you know, struck out three times against Southern Miss. We can't have that from him. He's, he, he's a veteran. He's leadership. So same thing with Bobby Lede. They've got to start playing. Uh, yeah, Bobby hasn't gotten uh, going offensively. You know, they tried Jonathan Brandon at the beginning of the season. He hasn't gotten going. He did get a double in the last, uh, big double in the last uh, weekend series. But overall, he hasn't gotten going offensively. Heath Hood did have a two-hit game against Southern Miss. I don't remember. Maybe it was Saturday. I'm not exactly sure exactly remember what day it was, but that was good to see. But no, they're going to, it's not that you, you, you're you going to, you know, you need three or four guys in every game, but you need three or four guys hitting at least within a series. Correct. And I think Heath Hood is one of those guys. He's batting 207, but if we take away, which I know you can't take away, but the, the beginning of the season, he's actually come on stronger. And I think him getting uh, getting some more bats is going to be healthy for him. Bobby, uh, as we saw last year, hits in streaks. He'll go on three or four or five game hitting streak, then then he won't, and and then he goes. That's what happens with him. So, uh, but we need some of them hitting at the same time, you know. And and the and the the beauty of it, this team though is that if anybody hits at all with all the bases that they steal and the pressure they're able to put on defenses without you know having ten or eleven or twelve hits with four or five extra base hits in a game that they're they're they still been able to score some runs and so if they ever start hitting it, it, it could get exciting offensively for this team. Yeah, because we saw what, what Marshawk did on the base pass. We saw what uh, Tyler Robinson, when they steal a base, uh, the, I, I don't know if it's just they've got such a great jump, but a lot of times the catcher overthrows second base. And I think that's happened five times. We've caused errors on the catcher, and then all of a sudden the guy's sitting in third base. So it doesn't bother me if they get picked off stealing a base every now and then because that's going to that's gonna be the nature of the game uh, at this point. I mean, we're still – 
we're still at almost 83% on stolen bases. So, I mean, to me, that's pretty good. If you no, look back it, historical. It, it, I, I, absolutely. It's really good. Um, we talk about how hard it is to hit, and the Tyler Robertson situation is, is fascinating to me because here's a guy who showed a lot of pop last year, uh, and yet he struck out a lot. And this year he's kind of saying, okay, I don't want to strike out as much. I want to try to get on base a little more. And yet all of his pop has been gone so far. So far, it's still early. And it just shows you how our mindsets can impact how you play and how difficult it is to hit. Yeah, I heard your interview with Coach Deggs, and it'll be interesting to see how long Tyler does go with that mindset. Uh I know college ball is a little different. I mean, in Major League Baseball, which drives most of us nuts, strikeouts are acceptable. Uh, but it seems like all the fans in college baseball, that that's all they see is a guy striking out, and it can be very frustrating. Um, but we're a team that's very aggressive. You don't you don't see a lot of. I mean, on Saturday was a great example of Southern Miss's pitcher. You know. He threw, I think, less than 100 pitches, maybe 89 in a complete game shutout. We're not going to take a whole lot of pitches. So, you know, again, we're going to continue to monitor um, um, Tyler. The one guy that I got to tell you, I, I went in, I, 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 the older I get, the less I'm willing to, when I hear all of this um, hype about someone, I get real skeptical quick. And so when all the things that I heard in the preseason about Kyle DeBarge, I was like, come on now. Uh, let, let, let's temper this a little bit. Now, look, he's not hitting great. He's had a, his moments. He's, he had a big double over the weekend and, and, and last weekend, and, and, and he gets on base, and he's shown the ability to bunt. He, he's still a ways off to where I think he's going to be offensively, but defensively, man. The, it, so far, what I've seen is not he was not overhyped defensively. No, and we saw that in, in, in Round Rock, especially some of the. I mean, he he may not have been the best shortstop there, but he might have been one one B or one A. You know, he they had some pretty good good ball clubs there in Round Rock, and I tell you, defensively, uh, he's he's one of the best that I've seen here, and we've had some good ones come through here. So, like like the kid a lot, like his like his funk, and I think his bat will get there. And, and you can see it coming coming at times, right? So, no, it, 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 and he seems to have the maturity. And, and you know, Coach Deg said all this going into the season. Uh, I just wasn't willing to believe it just yet because so often we build guys up to larger than life. And uh, my experience tells me let's um, let's pump the brakes just a little bit. Let, let's let them do it against other teams. But I've seen enough defensively from him to say. Uh, I'm sold on that. Now, again, the bat, offensively, it is what it is. It's going to come and go, and, and hopefully he can – He it looks I, – I don't see him looking overmatched at the plate at all. So I think the offense is going to come in time. But, man, defensively, it, it, it's a great place to be, to be that good defensively. Yeah, I think the whole team – I mean, strikeouts are down from the last couple of years, actually going back all the way to – it's the least amount since 2016. The whole team approach has been different. I think we've been hitting the ball hard, and we're seeing uh, uh, Kyle DeBarge get to w- rewarded with a double. We're seeing Julian Brock get rewarded with just a single. It doesn't matter. But he hit a lot of hard balls where he was striking out last year. 
And I I think that's a positive step. Absolutely. I think it would be humongous to win two out of three this weekend. They were just a hair away from doing that against Southern Miss last weekend. And I think, I think, don't you feel like you're going to be real, feel really good about where this program is going into conference play if they can win this series? Absolutely. And I'm, I'm kind of glad those two games were canceled during the week. Gives the guy a little more extra rest instead of being on the road can focus on this series. I think it's a huge series going into conference play. Absolutely. All right. We're going to continue to have fun looking at this baseball team. We appreciate your time as always, sir. See you this weekend. Yes, sir. All right. Sounds great. All Thanks, right. Kevin. Craig Melanson talking about Cajun baseball. And you notice he threw in there Round Rock. I wonder if he's thawed out yet from freezing to death in Round Rock. Unbelievable. Not a place I ever thought people would freeze to death, but they did. We will come back, finish out the first hour next on the game. 103.7. Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. How much does Foot despise the San Francisco 49ers? Well, you be the judge. I love turning 50 because I was no longer a 49. Back to footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Back to footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Want to remind you about the ultimate crawfish ball brought to you by JJ Exterminating Kramer Equipment and Cody's Crawfish. You could win two sacks of live crawfish, a pot, a burner, an ice chest, a tumbler, chairs, a $500 Visa gift card, and tickets to an Astro game. So sign up today for this incredible prize. And to get eligible, you just need to become a member of the Game Rewards Club on 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. And you might win the ultimate crawfish brawl brought to you by, again, JJ Exterminating, Kramer Equipment, Cody's Crawfish, and the Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. All right, so... um, we talked Cajun baseball, kind of set the stage for this Houston series. Um, it It is, we joked about the oblique, but if you heard the interview earlier this week with Coach Deggs, the oblique is not a fun injury. And uh, it's fairly debilitating more than it sounds is the point that he was making. And um, so... There is no expectation that Morshock, the speedy center fielder, who every excuse me, who everyone was really raving about in the preseason as well. Um, you know, him and DeBarge were the ones that a lot of people were raving about, and he showed the ability to steal bases at the beginning of the year, and who knows how long he's gonna be out. And um they'll they, you know, they the good thing is they had some depth in the outfield 
to show, you know, as, as far as potential options, Marshawk is out and Tyler Robinson is still playing a lot of third base. Um, you know, I kind of thought Tyler Robinson was going to be close to a full-time third baseman. And then at the beginning of the year on opening day, all of a sudden you started hearing this Jonathan Brandon talk. I didn't really buy that. And so far it hasn't played out that way. Uh, we'll see. Again, guys can get hot. And that can change things. Uh, certainly like Warner when Cronez as a baseball player. I haven't seen him. He hadn't gotten on base enough to really see, kind of like Craig said, how, how much damage he could do on the base pad. So we'll kind of hopefully he can get on base. But we've seen what he can do defensively. And we've seen how he's used. So obviously the coaching staff is very high on him defensively. Um, but sooner or later, they'll start hitting, you would think. And if they do, I mean, I think this team has a chance to to be as good as uh, a lot of people were thinking going into the season. But we'll get another huge uh, telltale sign on them this weekend, how they do against Houston. All right, that'll do it for the first hour. Another hour to follow on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, the game hotline, 706-0111, 706-0111. If you would like to get in, talk about the end of the MLB lockout, NFL free agency. Next week, we'll start talking about the draft at least a little bit. We really haven't talked about it at all. I've tried to push it back as much as possible. This might be the latest that we've ever waited to talk about the draft. And I don't know how, how extensively we will, we will. We'll see how it goes. Overall, it's not considered to be a really good draft. But the Saints do have a first-round pick, so there's automatic interest. The Saints do have plenty of needs, so there's even more interest. And... Two of the Saints' bigger needs, offensive tackle, wide receiver, seem to be two positions of relative strength in this draft, uh, which you can't, you know. I guess some people say quarterback, and we'll get to that next week. I just, again, I, I understand some people don't like history. And don't they don't think history has anything to do with the present or the future? I, I will never understand that, but I, but I can at least understand that a lot of people. Think, but how can you just how can you just totally throw away like fifty years of history? <laughs> just, I don't understand it, and just keep saying these things. Anyway, we'll 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 wait till next week to talk about the draft. So if you've been waiting for NFL draft talk. We, we've pushed it back and pushed it back. At some point next week, um, when we're out at Le Trium, I will, uh, we, we, we will start that because we, we've kind of intentionally pushed it back. So, 
But there is plenty of NFL free agency talk by when, you know, next Wednesday's, you know, man, next Wednesday, next Thursday, when we're out of little Trium, I mean, there could be some big NFL news going on. Like, you know, who knows? I would, it wouldn't shut, like the Saints might wait some, but it's possible Wednesday, Thursday, there could be some big news. So we'll kind of wait and see. The more you read, we were joking, you know, the whole, the whole Sonny Jurgensen conversation was kind of a talking about the Carson Wentz. It was kind of teasing Raymond Commander fans and, and not just teasing, just analyzing. I mean, if you're a commander fan right now, you got to be going, man, I don't, what did we just trade for? Like, not every report that comes out is accurate. I think we know that by now, but man, the reports about Carson Wentz in Indianapolis is not good. Not good. Um, the Colts are, you know, their owner has been very outspoken about his bitter disappointment, they need to get a quarterback. So if they don't trade for Jimmy G, who are they going to get? I mean, some people have even suggested that they would try to get Jameis. Um, I think Jameis is going to stay in New Orleans, but I, I guess it's not a lock because he hasn't signed yet. Um, that would be a pretty good place to go. I mean, they seem like if I'm a quarterback, Indianapolis, you've got a you've got a quarterback head coach, you've got a good offensive line, you've got arguably the best running back in the game, and you got a good defense. I mean, what is there not to like about going to the Colts? And in my opinion, great uniforms. And so Kind of like, why wouldn't you want to go there if you're a quarterback that's looking for options? So there, there's been some talk that the Colts are iffy about Jimmy G's health situation. He has missed a lot of games over the last few years. No question about that. He's missed a lot of games. And so, um, and he did just have surgery after the conclusion of the season. Um, I did hear this morning one of the uh, NFL expert guys was suggesting that Kirk Cousins get traded to the Colts. I'm all for it. Now, I don't think Kirk Cousins is an, is an elite quarterback. I think he's kind of at that. Once you talk about however many top, upper echelon quarterbacks there are, I think he's in that next level, Kirk Cousins. But... He um he's still an above average NFL quarterback. And any amount of above average NFL quarterbacks that they want to get out of the NFC, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. So send him send him to Indianapolis. If we could just get Aaron Rodgers, although if Aaron Rodgers wants to lose, you know, as I said, he wants to just like win MVPs and lose in the playoffs uh all the time. I, I'm good with that. I'm fine with that. But, no, very, very, the, the Carson Wentz thing. I mean, how can a quarterback 
be that hard to get along with, his attitude be that bad. Like, how do you, especially one from a small school. I mean, he, he was actually, when he came out of college, was portrayed as a good character guy. You would think if you can't, you went to a small school, you got drafted in the first round, you had success right away. Maybe the success right away messed him up. I don't know. But like, you have this incredible opportunity in life. How can your attitude be that bad? I mean, I heard someone yesterday called him Jamarcus Wentz. I just, how, how can your attitude be that bad where someone who went to bat for you and Frank Wright, who had success with you as, with you as a coach in a previous spot, Went to bat for you, and in one year, and, and if you believe the stories that have come out, less, like it didn't even take, like by the start of the season, they were already ready, if you believe these stories, to get rid of him. By midseason, they were like, this guy's out of here. We don't want any part of him. Wow. I mean, how man, people, you want to talk about messing up. And yet, what is he going to be making? Twenty million next year for an NFL team. So I guess, I guess he hasn't ruined his opportunity yet. He still has a chance to have some success. Maybe make a you know a long term lucrative career out of all of this. He's you know unless something changes really dramatically quickly. He's not going to ever be, like, highly respected. Like, he's a laughingstock right now, this guy. It's just amazing because, I, I mean, we didn't hear this talk coming out. Of course, we didn't hear how weird Ricky Williams was either when the Saints gave up a whole draft for him. But, um, wow. It, 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 it's scary. And you, and you just hope that your organization doesn't ever make, you know, spend a lot of money on someone with a bad attitude like this guy or trade high draft picks to acquire a guy like Jamarcus Wentz. Wow. Um, and so, we'll you know, we'll see what happens. But, again, there's not a lot of options. Now, I have been convinced for since the season ended that Jameis Winston is going to be the Saints' starting quarterback. But again, it's not a lock. It is, um, is it impossible that he could sign with the Steelers or the Colts? I wouldn't say it's impossible. No. And so if that happens, then... And I guess I'm, I'm giving him... Cr- then I would say the Saints' number one concern is who is their starting quarterback going to be. But I, I'm, I've, I've just, it's not on my top three list of concerns like everyone else seems keeps saying because I'm just that convinced that Jameis is going to resign in New Orleans. But maybe I'm fooling myself. I've certainly been wrong before. We just talked about it. Um, my better be careful about the Arnolds. Opinion was wrong for this year. Hopefully it stays wrong for 
ever. But um, it is, um, hopefully I'm wrong about the Rangers as well. But no, it's um, hopefully I'm right about Jameis Winston. And I think I heard some guy give a list yesterday, like the top quarterbacks. I mean, he, he, he didn't even mention Jameis Winston. The top five free agent quarterbacks available. He did not. He had this cat from um, the Ravens ahead of him. I, I just, I don't get it. I just don't get it. I guess people are that. I, I, I think some people can't get the his Florida State shenanigans out of their mind, and they can't get the 30-interception season out of their mind. But what about the limited time that he spent in New Orleans last year suggested to anyone that he's the same punk that quarter – punk young quarterback that played at Florida State. Like, there was zero evidence of that, that he's that same person, that he has not matured. There was zero evidence of that last year in New Orleans or the year before when he just sat and watched. And I'm not saying the guy is, you know, ready for the Pro Bowl just yet. Although, um, I I guess I should say all pro because just about anybody can make the Pro Bowl anymore because everybody leaves and then there's only certain spots left. But anyway, um, but he didn't look like a guy who's about to throw on it. He certainly was not on pace to throw 30 picks when he got hurt last year or even 20 or even 15. I mean, I don't know what he would have done. None of us do, but. Again, the, the, these these preconceived notions that people can't get rid of about Jameis, which is fine. I hope the whole league keeps him so the Saints can re-sign him and they can move on. I think it's been a coup what they've gotten out of Jameis so far, and hopefully he can be healthy. He doesn't have a shoulder injury. He has a knee injury, which can be debilitating. I get it, but as a quarterback, I'd be much more concerned if he had a shoulder injury or an elbow injury as a poor or even like a wrist injury. I mean, it's a knee. He's got a he's got a rehab, and all signs seem to be pointing good there. But no, I'm again uh, getting Jameis. If the Saints sign Jameis like me and a lot of people expect, then is it? Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, of course not. But of all the other names, I'd rather have Jameis than Jimmy G. I I just, there's not that many others that have been signed that I I would certainly take him over. Carson Wentz. I would take him over Jordan Love. I mean, I I would probably, I don't know. I might even take him over. I know Kirk Cousins has done way, you know, done a lot, but he's just so weird, Kirk Cousins. I, I, from a leadership standpoint, I definitely take Jameis over Kirk Cousins. And so I, I, I put him a little higher on the totem pole 
than um, than a lot of people do. And so hopefully that happens on Wednesday and they get that done and out of the way. We don't have to hear about quarterback anymore. And we can focus in their draft and free agent talk on tight ends. Well, tight ends, I guess. I meant to say offensive tackles and wide receivers. And tight ends. I mean, I mean, if the Saints pick up a veteran tight end, I'll be all for it. Don't want to spend mega, mega, mega money on it. I don't think they have that to spend anyway. But uh, I'd be all for that. So, again, we'll be talking a lot more about the draft and other NFL issues next week. Just, uh, man, the Carson Wentz stuff you read, it just it just boggles my mind how someone can try their best to blow such a potentially good situation. But he's done it. No question. Jamarcus Wentz. That's Walrus's little quarterback. <laughs> That's funny. All right, we will. Take a timeout. Be back with more on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. March 11th, 2020. The NBA suspends the 2019-2020 season until further notice after Utah Jazz center Rudy Gobert tests positive for COVID-19. The season would eventually resume in a bubble environment at Walt Disney World in Orlando. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Want to remind you about the Walrus. If you want to play with the Walrus, the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, wants you to be part of the Lake Charles Championship. You could win a dozen golf balls, a spot with the game foursome, that's right. You can play golf with the man that we've called the Walrus, big, bald. Of course, the Walrus was not bald, to be to be fair, to Manny's point. Bald and beautiful. RP3, Raymond Parch. You could play with him at the Lake Charles Championship Pro-Am on Wednesday, March the 23rd. To enter for a chance to do it, this is what you need to do. Text NUGGET. N-U-G-G-E-T, text NUGGET to 68683. Text NUGGET to 68683. You have a chance to win. Golfing with RP3, dubbed on this show as the Walrus, unless we get a better one. Presented by the game Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. All right, let's go to the game hotline and talk to Paul. Hello. Foot. How's it going? How are you, sir? I'm good until I hear that blasphemy stuff you're saying on a Friday morning. What, 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 which blasphemous stuff? For one, I'm going to start with the Colts. They got some ugly jerseys. They're the only team I know only got two colors. Oh, I love their jerseys. From, from John and United, their jerseys are ugly and their helmets. 
Now, they do have the best offensive line of last year in running back. But who want to, what you left out, who want to go play for a drug head owner? You left that out. Well, he he is a little iffy at times. I'll agree with that. But I do think he wants to win. I mean, and he doesn't always make the right decisions, but he really wants to win. Yeah. Nah, Kirk Cousins is overrated. He he don't he really do a lot of he he worry about his numbers how they look and about winning, and he's not, he's getting paid like a top ten quarterback and don't deserve it with all that talent that they have in Minnesota. Come on now. No, he's overpaid, he, no question there. But that doesn't mean he's not an above average quarterback. No, 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 no. He, he's average or less. He's way overrated. I've been a fan of him and following him since he's in Washington. The Shannon hands had me fooled. So, no, 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 don't get that man no kudos. No, 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 no. They, trust me, Minnesota wish they could have got rid of him a long time ago, but they couldn't because they paid him too much money. That will hurt their cap. I believe that. And he did nothing over there with all that talent. But he he, now, he would work out. He would be fine in, in Indianapolis. Would you take him to the Saints? I mean, if it, I'd rather Jameis, I think. But but if not Jameis, I would take him, certainly. Well, you got some issues there, but I wouldn't want that man with the Saints. After all the things we've been through with the the Billy Joes and the Bobby A. Bears, all of that, come on now, we can't go oh, back. Oh no, he's a he's better than the Billy Joes. Yeah, trust me. Yeah, I I, just, I think he he right along with him. Now, foot, I have to ask this question. I would like to hear your input, and I'm hoping some callers do call it out for the input. The quarterback that's the most overlooked, nobody talking about, is the backup for Lamar. He's not quick and fast like Lamar, but he's still quick and fast and mobile. He got a decent arm, and he's accurate. And you can teach accuracy. I think he's low-made, but he comes for a cheap price, but his ceiling is high. And you can, if he don't pan out, I mean, you can sign him for like three years for a cheap price, and he become a backup. But I, I think the man can – I think we – I think the man got something. I think he can be a I, I, I would love – I would love – to have him as my backup. I just don't know if I'd want him for my – you trust him already. Now, look, he had some yeah. really good performances last season. He's very intriguing. Exactly. I'm with you there. But uh, you, you would, you're you ready to sign him as your starter. Yes. Yes. Oof. And you're signing him for three years for cheap, so you can he's developing already. I mean, he's, he's a better thrower than Lamar. Lamar's just quick and faster. Lamar's a right-hand Michael Vick. That's all he is. That's all Lamar Jackson is, and I ain't taking nothing from him. But when I look at a guy that can that can be accurate, you want a quarterback that can accurate. I mean, who wants a guy? You, most of your guys in the Hall of Fame at quarterback, they're not no powerful arm quarterbacks like Jameis Winston. They're more like Drew Brees, Tom Brady. They're accurate quarterback. That's where he's in the Hall of Fame. That's what you want an accurate quarterback. Drew Brees, that's what we loved about his accuracy. Um, Michael Vick and some other guys, they can throw the ball um, two miles, but they're inaccurate. So I read the actual quarterback. I like this guy, man. I think you can groom this guy. You know what I mean? Is he? You know, he just need a little polishing. So I would take him. I would take him. And he low. He coming at a cheap price. So if it don't pan out, you don't lose nothing. But he he a little well. But if you sign, I agree. I agree. Um, but it, but if you sign Tyler Huntley, you're gonna as a starter. Then he's gonna have to get a you know a pretty big pay raise. But he ain't gonna get no big pay because he's unproven. You're getting them for a cheap deal. It's not like you sign them for 10, 20 mil. You know what I mean? Oh, you no. You get them at, mean... at a cheap cost for the first three years. Now, so if you don't pan out, you know you don't lose nothing. But, I mean, the man ended up um, turning out to be good. 
well, you got some for a cheap price. Just get rid- don't do like Dallas did with that. After the, you should have signed the man. You could have signed him early and got him for a cheaper price. Now you let him go really prove himself, and his contract was up. Now you really have to um, give up the ranch for him, and you overpaid him. And Dak is a backup quarterback. They try to win a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback. That's <laughs> what Dak now. is. Come on now. I don't think I'm he's being a backup. No. He fell in the position at the right time because Tony Romo got hurt. He proved himself his rookie year. That's it. But what Dak has done lately. Dak is a backup quarterback. I'm sorry to say, just because you're a starter don't mean you deserve to be a starter now, but watch his plate. You just Amari Cooper Cooper is not a number one receiver. He'll show up some games, what it is, home or road games, he never show up. Gilmore made him quit two years ago. He went on the sideline and powered it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, foot. I don't know what game you watching. (laughs) We do TV. I dissect. I'm dead serious. Dak is a starting quarterback. It don't matter no, which no, TV you watching it on. He's a starting. Now, is he a top ten quarterback? Maybe not. I could, I could certainly have that discussion. But he's a backup quarterback. That's what he is. He belonged to be a backup, not a starter. I'm gonna let you go with that one first. All right. You have a good one. Take care. <laughs> <laughs> this cat, boy, he's the Cowboys, and I respect it. Again, I the man hates the Cowboys, and that's that's legal. That's fair. Everyone. You know, it's it's my rule for the show. Everyone is, as long as you don't curse or just totally drill um, other callers and you're reasonably nice about it, um, everyone is, is, is eligible to be totally irrational about one team. And for Paul, it's the Cowboys. That's fair. That's fair. I don't have to agree with this statement, but it's fair. Now, he brings up Tyler Huntley, though. And again, Tyler Huntley's a fascinating situation. Like, he played really well, but it's so hard. Do you Are you really ready to make a guy who played well in a very small sample size your starting quarterback? Some people are sold on him. Um... It would not shock me if he got a starting job this year. Like, there could be a team that tries for this guy, doesn't get him, tries for, like, Jameis say, or tries for Jimmy G, or tries to make a trade. You know, they tried to make a trade for Russell Wilson, say, and it didn't happen, and and they, and they just are like, well, we don't have a quarterback. What are we going to do? And they try And they go with Tyler Huntley. I could see it. I, I would have no I would love for him to be my backup but man I don't I don't I don't know if I don't know and 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 to and to Paul's point if he turns out to be good there's gonna be a lot of teams kicking themselves but boy I don't know if I'd be ready to make him my starter right now man I, it'd be daring it'd be a daring move interesting process interesting thought process though Interesting um, concept to consider, and I'm sure there's at least one GM doing that right now around the league. All right, we'll take a timeout, come back with more. See, Paul can say something that we can disagree with, but he brings up something else that's worth chewing on. We'll be back on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. 
Why doesn't Kevin Foote talk more basketball? Because it's in the best interest for his health not to discuss basketball. I had to give up basketball to save my life. I cannot take basketball. It's way too subjective. More footnotes coming up on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Want to remind you about the Munster Truck Giveaway. If you would like to win a family pack of four tickets to the toughest Munster Truck Tour coming to the Cajun Dome March the 18th and 19th, that's next weekend, you need to go to one of the websites and know this is what you need to do. You need to text Bigfoot to 68683. Text Bigfoot to 68683. You might have a chance to win a family pack of four tickets to the t- toughest Munster Truck Tour at the Cajun Home. Thank you. Thanks to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Um. All right, so some bad news in the world of Major League Baseball. Um, Odalis Perez has died. He's 44 years old. Those of you who are Major League Baseball fans should know him um, or remember him. Played for the Punks. Came up with the Braves, if I remember correctly. Definitely played for the Braves. I could be wrong, but I think he came up in the Braves organization. Um, the Rawlers would know about that. But um, good pitcher. Wouldn't say he was a great pitcher, but he was a good pitcher. Had a nice career. Left-handed pitcher. Kind of reminded me a little bit of, for Astro fans, like a like a Wandy Rodriguez-type pitcher. Um but um, it's always kind of sad to see these guys who aren't even that old. I mean, he was 44 years old. It hasn't been that long that he pitched in the major leagues. Uh, I don't know any of the circumstances. Just saw that that he died, which is a shame. Now, while we're on Major League Baseball, um, the other thing that's going to start to come up, and I kind of thought we'd hear news already, but I guess they the problem is – they haven't been able to negotiate throughout this whole 99-day lockout. So some people really hurried up and signed so they knew where their destination, where their team, what team they were going to be on before the lockout, not knowing how long it would last. Well, it lasted 99 days. And so now you have a bunch of people like Carlos Correa who don't have a team yet. Um, who, who, who is he going to sign with? And, you know, while I thought, because we've seen it before where you're not supposed to talk, but you really do. But I guess a lockout is different than like a, you can't talk to him kind of situation. Um, you, um, it, it, it would be. 
you know, it's going to be interesting to see. So I, I would think that maybe not today or tomorrow. I, I, I would think that you you don't have time to do a lot of negotiating, like a normal negotiation. So if someone gives you an offer, see, Carlos has, the problem with Carlos is he's pretty strong-willed. And he has Scott Boros as his agent now, who's even more strong-willed. And so how long are they going to wait? And I did hear Raymond. Um, and one of the things that he was discussing today kind of makes sense. It's possible that guys like Carlos, because of how unconventional and bizarre this offseason has been uh, because of the lockout, might just postpone it a year, in effect. In other words, sign a one-year deal for a lot of money, and then next year again, when things are a little more normal, try to get that mega contract. Now, the problem with that is you could always get hurt or have a really bad season by your standards. So he had a pretty good season last year. He wasn't great. The the, the tricky, Carlos Correa is so complicated because the tricky thing about him is he wants MVP money, and he's never had an MVP season. That's tricky. But in his court, in his defense, he is an he is an MVP type bell cow leader of, of a of a team that's like a World Series kind of team. He is that. He has been that. And so he's incredible defensively. He is a really good hitter, but not a great hitter. And so that's why he's never been like he's never had what I would call an MVP season. Now He's been the MVP of the Astros before. But that doesn't mean he's had an MVP season because to have a quote-unquote MVP season, you have to put up great numbers. He's never put up great numbers. He had that one year early on, and I have to go back and look at his stats. We put up really good numbers, but wasn't MVP-type stuff. So... Now, again, he's the complete package. He can hit for power. He's had stretches where he can get on base. He has the he has the best throwing arm from in, like, when he's the relay guy I've ever seen. I, I've never seen anybody with an arm as and who throws it as hard and as accurately as him. He is a great leader on a team. So... He has a lot of pluses, no question about it. He's a, he's a, you know, they talk about, um, you know, alpha guys, alpha males. He is that on a baseball team. He is, he kind of has a football mentality. Um, and he's the kind of guy that's going to put his arm around a young guy and give him some patience and some love when he's struggling and then he's the kind of guy who's going to get on your face when he, when you need a leader to get in your face. And no one's going to mess with him. I mean, he's just he's that kind of a leader. So, again, he's that's why he's so complicated. There's some things about him that you just love. But if I'm a GM, 
I'm thinking, wait a minute. This guy's getting kind of – he's played in the league a few years now. He's not like a a young pup anymore. And he's never had an MVP season. And he wants MVP big-time money. He wants long-term and big-time money. He wants an MVP – whoever you want to say is like an MVP-type mega money contract. And he's never had an MVP season. So I, 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 as much as I love him, as much as I respect him, I, I, if I'm the Astro, I just can't give him any more than they've offered. Now, that doesn't mean that they can't get him for one year, you know, 30 something million or whatever, and, and, um, and have one more year to bridge the gap to hopefully Pena would be ready to be the shortstop the following year. I don't expect that to happen, but I guess it's not beyond the realm of possibility. Short of that, what I hope happens is that he signs with, like, the Cubs or someone in the National League that's not named the Punks. As long as he doesn't sign with the Yankees or the Punks, I'm going to be okay with I guess I would have a problem if he signed in the Astros division. Let's put it that. If he signs outside the Astros division, and he signs with the Yankee, without not with the Yankees or the Punks. I, I'm good with it. Mm, I guess I'll I'll add the Red Sox to that too. Not in the division. Not with the Punks. Not with the Yankees. Not with the Red Sox. If he signs anywhere else, I'm 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 good with it. I'm good with it. And supposedly, you know, a lot of people don't think the Cubs are really in position to do that. But if they do. And he would sign with them. I, I got I got no hard feelings. I mean, thank you for everything you did and no hard feelings. But if he goes to the punks, all respect is gone. I'm done with that. Done with done uh done with Carlos Correa there. But I I, I just I and I would be really disappointed because I really think he has more character than to go to the punks. I really do. Um but we'll see. We'll see what happens. But it, I would think, like, it's theoretically possible. I don't think with him, but I got to believe we'll get some free agency news uh, by the time we talk again on Monday, Lord willing, and we make it through the weekend. Um, it will be um, – I, I would think we'd get some free agent news. Now, Freddie Freeman, who knows? Maybe not Freddie Freeman, maybe not Carlos Correa, but like, you know, there, there are other deals that are waiting for this. Like, you know, we've we've heard Freddie Freeman to the Yankees. Well, if Freddie, you know, if you believe the reports, if Freddie Freeman doesn't go to the Yankees, then maybe Greg Olson would go to the Yankees. And if Freddie Freeman does go anywhere, maybe Greg Olson will go to the uh, the Braves. Greg Olson, I wouldn't mind him being out of the Astros division. He's a weird guy. He's got one of the weirdest approaches to hitting, but he's got big-time power. Big-time power. No question about that. So that 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 will be interesting. Trevor Story is another name. I really thought that it was, you know, I was really convinced prior to the lockout that Trevor Story was going to the Yankees. Now, after, now that the lockout's over, I have no idea where any of these guys, I mean, I, you know, it's. I, I just think it kind of changed everything. There was no momentum. There was no negotiations, and so uh, 
it would not shock me if the Astros sh- signed Trevor Story. Wouldn't shock me if the Yankees do. Um, you know, we'll see where else he goes. The, the deal with Trevor Story is he had a bad year last year, like a really bad year. And, of course, I picked him on my fantasy team thinking he was going to have a good year because he had always had good years. Well, last year, the first time I ever had him, he was awful. He wasn't bad. He was awful. Now, I think he didn't want to be in Colorado anymore. I think they had really not a good negotiation. Uh, I don't, you know, who wants to think that a a free agent that they're signing, did he dog it? Mm. You'd like to think he wouldn't dog it, but players have dogged it before. I have a friend that calls Randy Johnson the big quitter because he quit once. He just quit on his team. Um, and so, you, you know, you don't like that part of it. And it's hard to, to totally evaluate accurately when a good player has a bad season. Like, why? What went into that? Was he dogging it? Well, I don't really want a player that's going to dog it if he's unhappy. And yet that might explain why he had such a bad year because he was just not getting along with his team and it was an ugly contract situation. Um, That's kind of a good and bad thing in terms of evaluating, do I want this player on my team? So Trevor Story's another one. He's not Carlos Correa, he's not Freddie Freeman necessarily, but he's a guy that is going to be very interesting to see where he goes and if he had another good, if he goes someplace new and has a good year, is anybody really going to be surprised by that? It's so hard long-term to evaluate Colorado Rockies, how they would fit in other situations. It really it really is. And um, you just never know how much of what they do is because they played for the Colorado Rockies and whatever they call that version of baseball in Colorado, it's just so weird to play there. So just another thing to keep an eye out on now that the MLB lockout is over. And who knows, at least one of those might might get some use by the time we come back on Monday or shortly thereafter. All right, we'll take a timeout, come back, finish out today's show. Next on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. How much does foot despise the San Francisco 49ers? Well, you be the judge. I love turning 50 because I was no longer a 49. Back to footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Want to remind you, go to one of those two websites, join the game clubhouse, and you might win a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House. Again, you can use it in any kind of way. You can go eat lunch or dinner on a date or whatever you would like. 
You might want to celebrate the MLB lockout being over or your favorite football team, uh, you know, getting a big free agent coup or whatever you would like. $50 gift certificate to Half Show Oyster House will definitely hit the spot. But you can't win if you don't join, so go to the game. Join the game clubhouse today by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Something else that could be happening between now and we speak again on Monday. Uh, I did not, when the season ended for this team, I did not think it was going to happen. But I'm starting to hear talk that it's actually very, very possible. And what I'm talking about is it's, it sounds possible that the UL women's basketball team could get an invitation to the to the women's NIT. Now, again, obviously it's not official. We won't know until Sunday night. But I am hearing that it is possible that the women's NIT could could it a bid could an invitation could happen to that tournament. That would be nice. That would show a lot of progress. Um, by the program and respect for the program, for what it's done in recent years. And it would also give Ty Ducey, in case she didn't like the way the game, you know, her career ended, whatever, um, um, another chance to play another game. So that's just something to keep an eye on. Um, Pretty sure it's Sunday night. I don't know exactly what the time frame is for that, but sometimes Sunday night, same thing, you know, as like the um, the men on the NIT where you got to get all the NCAA stuff. You know, so sometimes Sunday, if not Monday, but I think we might know that before we we get back on um, on Monday. But just something to keep an eye on. It's possible that the Cajun women's basketball season is not over just yet. So we'll see. Something to keep an eye on anyway. All right. Appreciate Paul spicing things up with his call. At least put Tyler Huntley on our um, on our radar and got Cowboy fans angry. So he, he, he performed his, his function. He did his job. Y'all have a nice weekend.